Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, August 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Belarus protests intensify against the man who's ruled the country for 26 years. Robinhood has done so well during the pandemic that the stock trading app just topped an $11 billion valuation. President Donald Trump moves to allow oil drilling in the Arctic, which might be more about politics than money. Plus, it's been a summer of floods in Beijing. What's the economic impact of climate change? I'm Dan Bobkoff, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. If you happen to be watching Belarus state television yesterday, you might have seen a shot of an empty studio with pop music playing. That's because workers from the normally pliant television station were outside the building demonstrating. They joined more than 200,000 pro-democracy protesters who took to the streets in the capital of Minsk. All this is leading Belarus's strongman president to fight for his political life. Just last week, Alexander Lukashenko won an election widely seen as fraudulent. The country's election commission said he won with 80% of the vote. Protests soon followed and really gained steam after a brutal police crackdown backfired and nearly 7,000 people were detained. Many said they had been tortured by police in jail. The UK, US, and EU have condemned the crackdown. Mr. Lukashenko has ruled Belarus for 26 years and had promised a referendum on constitutional changes that would see him eventually hand over power. But as he toured the Minsk wheel tractor plant Monday, he was booed and confronted by protesters chanting, resign. It appears many who were bored during lockdown spent the past few months playing the markets for the first time. That might have helped U.S. stocks bounce back from March lows, and it's also helping Robinhood, a free stock trading app. The privately held company just raised new equity that values Robinhood at more than $11 billion. That's up by nearly one-third since the last injection of funds just one month ago. The New York hedge fund D1 Capital Partners invested $200 million in the company. In a statement, Robinhood said it would use the funds to build its core product and improve the customer experience. Robinhood has had issues in the past. Back in February and March, the platform suffered repeated outages as plummeting stocks led to overwhelming volumes. That led some customers to sue the company. And a 20-year-old student who used the app took his own life after wrongly believing he'd lost $750,000 from an options trade. The company's co-founders expressed sorrow and promised changes. As we'll hear a lot this week, one of the starkest divides between Democrats and Republicans is on energy policy. The Trump administration made that clear on Monday. It moved to allow drilling in parts of the Arctic that have long been off limits to oil companies. These spots are ecologically sensitive. But the Secretary of the Interior signed off on an oil leasing program for part of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. It's a more than 19 million acre home to migrating birds, polar bears, caribou, and other wildlife. The FT's U.S. energy editor Derek Brower says this is really about politics. Let's be clear, the opening up of the Alaska National Wildlife Refuge to drilling by the Trump administration is an effort by the president to show voters in key oil and gas producing areas of the country that he's on their side. 
he's saying, look, stick with me, I'm your guy, I'm going to protect the oil industry. It's actually pretty symbolic. Uh, it's, it's highly unlikely that any company is going to rush back to Alaska to start drilling at this stage. Uh, and the reasons for that are pretty obvious. One is that the oil price is really low and it's a very expensive place to operate. Second, everybody knows where the oil is right now in the US and it's in Texas and it's um, easy to get at. Uh, when the price rises, it's there, it can be developed. And the last reason is that the industry itself, quite frankly, especially the kind of companies that have the balance sheets that could handle that kind of expensive drilling, the industry itself is changing. And I am really not convinced that any big international oil companies, as I say, the kind that could actually do the drilling in the Arctic, really want to have a drilling campaign in a wildlife refuge in Alaska advertised anywhere on their website for anybody to look at. I mean, it's just the, the industry is changing. Of course, climate change is one of the big reasons environmentalists oppose drilling in the Arctic. It's also affecting cities around the world, like Beijing. It's on high alert for flooding after incessant rain through June and July left 158 people dead or missing and displaced around 3.7 million. India and Bangladesh have also been hit hard by floods recently. Our science and environment reporter Anna Gross tells Mark Filipino that we should also be paying attention to the economic impacts in China and beyond. It seems as though this year's floods have caused damages of around $20.8 billion. That's according to official figures. But they've also destroyed vast areas of crops. And the country's also been hit with pretty severe inflation. Food prices have jumped 13% compared with the same period last year. Now, we're talking about Beijing, but, you know, to zoom out a little bit, this kind of flooding is happening everywhere because of rising sea levels. How fast are they rising? They're rising pretty fast. A recent report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said that hundreds of millions of people and their livelihoods are under threat. That's mostly caused by the melting of ice in polar regions such as Greenland and Antarctica and the expansion of the oceans as the water warms. Um, the researchers at the IPCC warned that extreme floods, like the ones which have historically only occurred once per century, for example, are likely to happen at least once a year by 2050 in many regions, especially in the kind of tropical world. And that's even if global warming is limited to 1.5 degrees Celsius. So Anna, we've been we've been talking about this, but you know, what areas in particular are most vulnerable to rising sea level change? So Northwest Europe is particularly vulnerable and other major hotspots include Australia, New Zealand, China, India, Bangladesh, parts of Southeast Africa, and also there are significant swathes of North America. So a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we've got some research out of the University of Melbourne that gives a clearer picture of the economic effects of global flooding. What does that say? So they found that coastal flooding is set to rise by about 50% over the next 80 years. And they also put an economic value on that threat. And they said that around 20% of global GDP could potentially be in danger. So they found that there could be a tenfold increase in extreme weather events that cause floods, such as storms and tsunamis. They'd go from happening about once every 100 years to once a decade by the end of the century. Wow. I, I mean, that's that's absolutely incredible. And 
you know, with that kind of frequency, we're talking about the economic cost here, but, you know, this is going to affect the people living in the areas that we're talking about, too. What's going to happen to them? And will some populations just have to move out of these areas? Yeah, so the researchers found that the population exposed to what they call episodic coastal flooding is likely to increase from around 128 million people at present to 287 million by the end of the century. So that's more than doubling. It's important to note, though, that the modelling that they did assumes no flood defences are in place. And it's therefore an overestimate because we know that there are flood protections in some areas of the world and hopefully those kinds of protections are going to expand and improve. But you asked before, will some populations simply have to be relocated? And I think the answer to that is yes, but it's an extremely expensive process. So governments will tend to look at other policies first. The FT's Anna Gross talking with Mark Filipino. You can read more on all these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.